Hey everyone, welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara, and I am not joined by my co-host this week. Kendall is a college student, and she is being much more responsible than I ever was when I was a college student. She's taking the week to have do finals and finish her final projects. So without Kendall, I had to call in an extra special guest host to help me uh, do the show today. I am so excited to share this talk with you. I talked with a woman who folks who are Trailblazer fans may be familiar with. Her name is Neela Madison. She is a quite a force on Twitter, and she also produces content for a women's sports platform called The Relish. She is fun. She is engaging. She is smart. And she and I got a chance to have a really nice conversation about what it means to us to be fans. Neela is a scientist. She is getting her master's degree. She also works really hard, and she is a Trailblazer fan who happens to live in the Bay Area. So we talk about what it's like to be a fan among a community that is not made up of people who are fans of the same team, but we also talk a lot about the communities that we do find because we are sports fans. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Neela. Madison, welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks. So happy to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Dara. It is a pleasure. Now, set the scene for me. What does Neela Madison do? How does how are you spending your nice uh, win- your winter afternoon? Um, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little rough today because. Um, I had a nice Christmassy girls night out last night um, here in San Francisco and it was so much fun and we met um, some English guys and we we're showing them where to go and where not to go but a little rough today so I'm excited to um, get my energy pumped into what I truly care about and um, talk to you today so thanks again for having me. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, cover a lot of things today. And we're going to sort of talk about it from a fan's point of view. So I'm looking forward to talking to somebody else who's like an ardent fan of basketball and of the Portland Trailblazers. So um, let's start from the beginning. What made you a sports fan? Great question. Um, Honestly, Portland made me as cheesy as that sounds. Um, Just growing up in Portland and being that it was such a basketball city. My family um, and I immigrated there when I was three months old. So um, we tried to assimilate in the best way that we can. And uh, now my entire family are huge supporters of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, my eldest cousin, you know, played basketball growing up and he follows Duke men's basketball. And now that we all watch the NFL together and we all like our own different teams, which is funny, but yeah, it, it was always in the background, um, on the TV. My grandpa recently said that he's watched basketball for so long that there are no new tricks that he can see players do. So he switched to soccer <laughs> oh, wow. and Yeah. um, I'm not going to lie to you, though. Um, To be honest, having a team to eventually hate, um, I know that sounds very passionate, but having a team to um, 
dislike actually has made me a stronger fan of my own team and wanted me to rep my own team even more. So I'm guessing that you mean by the fact that you actually live in enemy territory. You are a Portland Trailblazer fan, but you don't live in Portland. Do you want to explain that a little bit more? Yeah, um, definitely. For the listeners, sorry, for the listeners who don't know about my history, I um, was raised in Portland, but then transplanted to California. And now I live in San Francisco and I've lived here for um, nearly five years now. And yeah, so I'm definitely in the belly of the beast. Um, I feel like the modern day blazer um, rivalry, is this just me? Or do are the listeners out there in agreement? The modern day Blazers rivalry is not the LA Lakers, but it is the Golden State Warriors. And so I guess um, channeling my passion for the Blazers into um, into twice that amount has come out of being in enemy territory. And so I guess for you know those of those of us out there that are super team proponents, not me, but people who enjoy super teams, I, I guess here's one example of a benefit of a super team. I'm, I rep the trailblazers all the more. <laughs> so being, being in the middle of a bunch of fans of another team, you have to be twice as vocal and you want to tre- scream twice as loud to be heard over the, just like the constant roar of, uh, <laughs> of their fandoms. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, being surrounded by a sea of blue and yellow um, of the of the championship team is pretty rough. And I'm not gonna lie, I've had some I've had some moments where I've gotten weak and you know have wanted to punch um, somebody in the face for things that they say. But you know, I don't condone violence, so I'm not. <laughs> I don't ever let it get that far. But um, it's it's not easy to be a fan of an underdog in a city where their basketball team is the best in the world right now. So. Well, kudos to you for remaining strong and for remaining (laughs) loyal to your team, because I can see how some days that must be hard when you're surrounded, (laughs) when you're surrounded. But you recently wrote a piece about what sports has come to mean for you over the last year. And you do talk about being separated from Portland, being in um, a town where your team is not the team of choice. Can you talk about uh, the the piece that you recently wrote for Medium, the one, uh, give us some of the highlights of what was in there and what it was that really prompted you to want to write it? Sure. Um, yes, I recently wrote uh, a pretty lengthy piece. <laughs> I, I wonder if anybody actually read it. but I did. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was really more for me and to really thank all of the people that have molded my year and made it such a fun sports year for me. So uh, essentially, being that I am a fan that lives outside of my team's regional area, it always felt like I was missing that sense of community that, you know, the Portlanders had back home. Um, The Rip City community is so strong there that I knew that I wanted to find or try to find something like that and recreate that where I live. And I'm sure that I wasn't the only one. Um, And through the the beauty of Twitter and the internet, um, I was able to find those people who are also Blazer fans who also live here in the Bay Area. And we started our own little community here. And it's so great. 
we call ourselves the official <laughs> Portland to California transplant fraternity. And um, I decided to name it the Beta Theta Pi Eta fraternity, which is Greek for BTPH, which stands for both teams played hard. Shout out Rashid Wallace. And it's so wonderful. Like, I cannot imagine my fandom without them now. Like, I, I just... I hope nothing ever happens to us. I hope we stay, we're able to watch games together for as long as possible. And that has really, that honestly has skyrocketed the rest of my year. Like I was able to meet um, this wonderful woman who is now one of my best friends, um, Ashton Batuso, who works for female centric sports media startup here in San Francisco called The Relish. And I was able to create content with them and um go to you know the warriors parade and cover that a little bit and talk about my own um blazer mania and uh premiere a series on facebook watch with them called style uniform and just all of the connections that i've made via twitter of of all places i just never expected to happen and the way it unfolded was just so perfect and um i'm so glad that i i had that and will I can't wait to see where it goes from here. You know, a couple of themes sort of rose up when I was uh, reading your post about how sports created you were able to kind of build a community around your, you know, your shared interest in, in a team. And the other thing is that you came up with opportunities and you mentioned a couple of these opportunities that you had that you never, uh, you know, had dreamed, but maybe, maybe you had dreamed about them before, but it sounds like you were pretty surprised to have a couple of these opportunities. What was it like uh, covering the, the parade, the championship parade for the relish? Maybe tell us a little bit about the relish and then what it was like covering that championship parade sure uh so the relish is um like i said a female centric space for either women who want to become sports fans or women who are already sports fans but don't necessarily have the um community or the content out there that they want or that they want to integrate with and, and interact with because it, it is such a male-dominated world. So um, I strongly stand behind the mission of, of the Relish, and I'm sure um, all the ladies that work at the Relish do too, because um, I think anybody who finds out about what the Relish is immediately is a proponent of it. So uh, one, of, yeah, one of the, I've made a few um, produced videos with them, but one of the great opportunities that uh, living in the Bay Area um, that came out of enemy territory was that I did get to go to the Warriors um, championship parade over the summer in Oakland. And we uh, did a Facebook live um, interaction with a bunch of dope Warriors fans um, that I I'm sure they were all diehards. Um, I'm not going to get into the bandwagoners right now, but, <laughs> but that was one video that we produced. And then another one was um, a sort of like a, kiss Mary kill situation but it was kiss trade sign and um, we were able to survey dub nation and see who they wanted to bring to dub nation um for the following season so wait so they had more players that they wanted to bring onto their team have they not added enough recently <laughs> Tara can you believe it you would think that these fans would be on cloud nine just like 
holly jolly, um, you know, cruising through because they're they're just simply the best right now. But yeah, believe it or not, Dub Nation wanted the the most common response of of sign who they would sign to bring to the Warriors for another championship is um, Kyrie Irving of the then Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, really? <laughs> Believe it or not, um, yes, it, I believe that that is sort of insane because it's like, okay, what more do you want from us? <laughs> there is already such a disproportionate uh, distribution of talent. Come on, guys. Well, so you talked a little bit about how um, you've created this community or, or met people uh, through Twitter. Is, you know, when you first started tweeting, did you have any idea where this was going to go? What kind of what was your what were your thoughts when you decided that you would dip your toes into like the social media world? Oh, God, no, I had no. I mean, is that naive? I don't know. I just I guess I've uh, as a as a scientist, um, I feel like I've been trained to have a very low expectation of of the outcome. And then like if if something actually works out, you're like, oh, great. And then you kind of roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I can get him into the, more of that later, but, um, no, I had no idea. I just wanted to find people who like to talk about the same things that I like to talk about and were interested in the same team that I was. And I feel like that's enough as a sports fan to just have that one thing in common. And do you find yourself even making friends with people from other teams, other teams, fan bases? Yeah, sure. I mean, I have a few mutual um, followers that are actually fans of the team from the Bay Area, um, which is shocking, but (laughs) it can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you you mentioned that you're a scientist, and I think this is so cool that uh, you're you're pursuing a master's degree in biology. Is that right? So. That is a super busy lifestyle. How do you fit in um, being a sports fan into like the million other things that you do? Yes. Um, Tara? <laughs> yes. I'm busy AF. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, like, like you said, not only am I a full-time master's student, but I have three part-time jobs. And on top of that, I'm the type of person, unfortunately, that uh, insists on being great at all aspects of my life. And obviously this is not an ideal combination, but at the same time, I have to do what I have to do to survive. And that includes, um, you know, that includes things like self-care and Mm -hmm. having hobbies that are non-scientific or non-academic or non-job related. And my favorite way to turn my brain off, like millions of us um, here in America and worldwide, and to relieve the pressure of my day is to waste time by indulging in my favorite sports team. And this year, I've been so blessed with the opportunity to do that in multiple ways. And I don't know. I'm addicted. I'm not going to lie. Sounds like you use it in part for like the self-care that you were talking about. It's like your escape when from all of your other really busy things that you're doing. It's a way to kind of like get into something else, clear your head, have a chance to step back. Oh, yeah. It's definitely my form of therapy, especially communicating with with um internet friends like having internet friends is the best because it's like you can totally be a loner and have like hundreds of friends on the online (laughs) yeah (laughs) right you again it goes back to that community I mean I feel I sound like I feel like I sound like a broken record but honestly without you know the internet 
you know, we would have never met before. And yeah. you know, that was like what that was one of the highlights of my year was being being able to meet you in Portland. You came up for a game and it was so fun to see you. It was a playoff game against the team from the Bay Area. And <laughs> I uh, you know, you know, we met just real briefly in passing, but it was just so fun to like, you know, I think one of the things that I try to do with social media is, you know, where it makes sense, uh, take it one step farther and try to turn it into real relationships where it's possible and where it makes sense, you know, to do yeah. more than just, you know, casually interact with people. But like, you know, that old friend of yours from high school who you connected with on Facebook, like, you know what, if they're in town, go have coffee, you know, meet somebody like, you know, spend a few minutes together and get past all those things that, happened maybe in the past or and just you know uh, get together and connect on whatever it is you do have in common right now so you know I I think you know as a as a parent and my 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 kids are in their like 20s right now and you know we were all warned about like what the internet was gonna do to our kids and I believe right. there are all kinds of dicey situations that kids can get into and I think these dicey situations multiply like you know, like crazy, like there's your scientists right there. How, how, how fast are they multiplying? Um, Exponentially, but I, Tara. But I also think that there are some corners where you can really, you know, cultivate, you know, real relationships, real passions, uh, follow mm -hmm. your, follow the things that uh, you're interested in and, you know, break out a little bit, break out of your, your normal comfort zone. To get back to talking about uh, sports, what kind of a how would you characterize yourself as a fan? Do you feel like you fall into a certain type of fan category, or yeah, just kind of talk talk about what kind of fan you you consider yourself to be? Um, to me, I think the definition of a sports fan varies, right? You know, from person to person. But personally, I think a sports fan is somebody who genuinely enjoys not only the sport being watched and you know the team that you in, you enjoy watching but also the culture and the community package deal that comes along with it and not to <laughs> underline what you just said even further but it's so true i totally agree with you i'm on the same page with you about how i've met so many hopefully lifelong friends through sports whether that be playing it throughout childhood and to watching it and being involved in sports multimedia today, specifically as a female sports fan, you know, not to knock the males or anything, but this is obviously their comfort zone because of history. But I think Jamie Hudson on the premiere episode said it best. Females who wish to hold a place in a male-centric space have to be necessarily more knowledgeable about that specific topic in order for peers to take us seriously and so do you get that all the time in in science as well or do, do you experience that in science oh big time um it's a lot of the situations that I find myself in in both fields whether that's science or sports is very um parallel mm -hmm. do you do you have that experience in tech Tara I do yeah I mean I I work in tech and uh yeah I feel like I have to work extra hard to I, I I feel like I spend so much time in both worlds worrying about whether or not I sound stupid because I want people to take me seriously and so I spend mm -hmm. so much time wrapped up in like how my words get out that they end up coming out jumbled anyway and <laughs> people are like what are you talking about like, <laughs> you can just get in my brain and like sift through all these extra layers that I've enforced on myself <laughs> you know yeah um but I, 
yeah, I think, you know, being like you're saying, being a woman in a male dominated space, you know, it's 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 important because it provides another um, point of view. And I think that, you know, there's plenty of men out there who like have a totally open mind and who are happy to um, bring, you know, more people into into the space. But sometimes just when sometimes just when you think that you're making a lot of progress, then you'll find out that there's other people who are not ready to come along for the ride yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. In my my experience in my career is man, maybe you can relate to this and maybe the listeners can relate to this in some way. Not only do I have to defend myself consistently as a student who, you know, has ideas and um, novel theories about why certain natural phenomena play out in the world, the ways that they do, but that defense is, is heightened as a young woman in science and similarly as a young woman in sports. It's, I mean, obviously I, I try to not, take things too seriously. If you know me, if the listeners um, out there have followed me then for a while, then they know that I don't take anything too seriously <laughs> in this world. But, um, you know, I think it's important for a fan and a community to, in order to be happy and sustainable, then we must remain authentic to who we are and not fake or contrive a certain you know, image of what we know or what we don't know, you know, because mm -hmm. sports fans vary. They're all over the map. There's so many, we've talked about this before. There's so many layers to sports and um, everybody starts somewhere and authenticity is extremely important value to me. So um, in order for your identity to not be to, in, sorry, in order for your identity to be sustainable, it can't be contrived, right? It's science. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's why bandwagon fans are a whole nother story I won't get into today. But I, you know, we've talked about this before, Tara, where we feel like we need to like make a PSA, like ladies, we want to accept you as a fellow fan, even if you don't know the players' names, even if you only watch the sport because. I don't know. You think a player is cute because trust me, girl, I do too. <laughs> Even if you don't know the difference between a flagrant one and flagrant two, right? The point is you should have the freedom to be a fan in your own discreet, beautiful way. And that way we can learn together and grow together and build a space together. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree with you on that, that I don't think that there's any one there's any I don't think there's any right way to be a fan. Um, and I don't think we should put any judgment on anybody's uh, decision to want to follow sports, whether or not they are into, you know, the actual game that is happening on the field or whether whether or not they're interested in the players and their stories and where they came from, or if they're interested in like the statistics and the math involved. I mean, there's yeah. one of the things that I love about sports and that I love about um you know, I've kind of focused on basketball, but it's kind of true for all sports is like you said, there's so many layers. There's something for everyone. There's absolutely mm -hmm. some there's you can read stories if you like stories. You know, there's all kinds of like um, great tales about players or about decisions that were made about different leagues or rules or something along. There's there's all these great stories out there that you could just listen to and read, you know. Um, but then there's also the fascination about statistics and probability and trying to figure out what the numbers are telling you and trying to solve puzzles. If you like that kind of thing, there's just 
so many ways that you can enjoy sports. And by, you know, I think I'm lucky enough that the people that I hang out with um, are, you know, very open and, and welcoming. But if there's anybody out there who's ever been discouraged to being a sports fan because you don't know enough or you can't pass this quiz or you don't know how many um, fouls it takes to foul out in college ball versus, you know, <laughs> other things. Yeah. Um, anybody who's afraid to get involved because of those things, I would encourage you to just figure out what it is that you love about that and just pursue that aspect of it. Nobody should be telling you that you're not a real sports fan. Yeah. Amen, sister. Get off my soapbox um, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, sorry, listeners at home, but <laughs> we had to, we have to say, sorry for being real. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Well, and I, you know, the reason that, that we do this podcast is to try to elevate the voice of women in all aspects of basketball, because, um, you know, I, I'm a total podcast addict. I listen to so many podcasts, especially, but you know, uh, basketball podcasts. And every time I listen to one and there's a woman's voice, I just feel so good. <laughs> it just is like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's like, it's not like I don't like to listen to all these other great, this other great content that is created by men, but there's just right. something about hearing a woman talk that just makes me feel like I can relate to her that much more. And I'm just that much, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for me. And I just, it just feels good. So like, why shouldn't we want more women talking about basketball? Oh, that's like in your true team mom nature. <laughs> so cute. So what advice would you give other, uh, other uh, anybody, women or men or uh, anybody who identifies in any, any way, what advice <laughs> would you uh, give folks who are interested in getting more involved in like creating things in the basketball world? Because one of the things I'm really passionate about is like if we're going to have more women talking about basketball, writing about basketball, playing basketball, is that we need to expose uh, more people at younger ages uh, to women doing these things. So what advice do you have for people who uh, want to get started? I completely agree with your mission. And I would like you to tell the listeners <laughs> later on, of, uh, or even right now about what your, what your ideal plan is. Uh, if we were to all like all women in sports were to band together and, and make that a reality. Create a women in sports women. pipeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. T would you tell the listeners a little bit about what that might look oh, like? Oh, yeah. You know, it's one, one of my dreams is so, you know, you and I are both in STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. And one of the things that's been, um, you know, a really great movement in the last few years is to really focus on getting more women and minorities involved in the STEM fields because of all of the amazing opportunities that the STEM fields create. And so, like, let's try to make it as open and available to as many people as possible. And let's start really young. And there has, you know, been some success from that about, um, you know, there's not like, you know, there's been success in the, in that realm. And I would love to see and do replicate something like that for women in sports, because I think there's a lot of opportunities for women in sports that they aren't exposed to early enough because, and they don't, you know, they don't know that it's possible. So I would love to someday, you know, like, like I said, create that pipeline um, and create opportunities for, you know, high school students, middle school students to be exposed to, you know, the many 
fascinating careers and opportunities or just like the camaraderie and like the community that we were talking about that being a sports fan, even if you don't work in sports, but just being a sports fan, you know, affords you you know, these great relationships and shared common experiences that I think everybody should have a chance to participate in. Yeah, that's definitely, that ties in with the advice that I would give to anybody who would want to get more involved with sports fan bases is I wish I had gotten on Twitter and put in the work sooner because I don't know, I believe that everything happens for a reason and in the right timing, but and hindsight is 2020, obviously. But if I could go back to like 2012 or something when Dame got drafted, I would have tried to scour the internet for you people then and there. And then I, we would have met sooner. And then, I don't know, this whole thing could be like five years deep now. But that's something, I don't know, that's just something that I wish I had known before I got started. Yeah. What is some of the work that you have put in? Like, what's some of the like unglamorous stuff that you would like tell people that you're <laughs> going to have to do this? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I get that question a lot from my own friends in my own life um, about like, just like they, they ask me, Mila, I want to get on Twitter. And like, I understand that every sports fan, you know, uses Twitter and needs Twitter. And that's like where you need to be. But it seems so hard to get followers and nobody responds to me and blah, blah, blah. And they'll say things like that. And I just I laugh so much because it's so true. It's so hard to, to, yeah, because it, like, it takes a lot of work. You know, I, I still do this to this day. Um, not that it's been very long, but, um, you know, from the, from the get go, I would literally respond in text, sometimes memes, sometimes photos to anybody and everybody. Um, if the, whether I agreed with what, the, with what they were saying, whether they were disagreeing with me or whatever, whether they were supporting me, like, like, um, they, they liked what I was saying, whatever. I responded to literally everybody, um, followed them, you know, and liked things that I liked, you know, like their own tweets that they said. Um, and it, over time, eventually they kind of caught on and were like, okay, um, this girl is entertaining to say the least. (laughs) So, So that's where the community, uh, my community on, on Twitter, um, started. So for some of the stuff like the the videos that you've done with the with the relish, how hard was that for you to get into doing that? What was the what was the entry like for doing that kind of thing? Oh my gosh, it it, it seemed like it seemed like it was always meant to be to me. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but um because of the way that I met Ashton um from the first watch party that I organized with Bay Area Blazer fans, um, she found out I was going to game three, which would be the first home game of the series in Portland. She was like, do you want to create content with us? And I said, sure, I'm going to do that stuff anyway for myself. So um, it seemed like so easy. And then they liked what I did. And so, you know, if you're like when both, when it's a win-win situation, why not continue and see where it grows from there. So it's, yeah, it seemed like it happened so, so flawlessly that it was like too good to be true. Like this whole year was. Hmm. 
Well, good for you. I'm, I think I think that's great. You know, keep. I can't wait to see what is happening next. Now, I want to roll back a little bit for um, folks who don't know you. Your Twitter handle handle for the last year has been Yusuf Nurkic's girlfriend. Now, Yusuf Nurkic is the center for the Portland Trailblazers. What was the inspiration behind uh, that Twitter handle? <laughs> this Twitter handle. Her, his girlfriend. Sorry? Do people actually think that you're his girlfriend? Oh, yes. Okay. So, yeah. Let's get into this. Um, This handle was such a controversial situation. (laughs) And I loved every second of it. I don't know. I grew up in the theater, so I love drama. Yeah. (laughs) But um, this is so fun because that's what I do on the internet, Tara. (laughs) Listeners, if you don't know. I am an internet troll, okay? Proud, loud and proud, baby. Um, But there are two types of trolls, Tara. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, lay it on me. Um, There's the type of internet troll, and I feel like this might, there, it's like constricted to a younger age range usually where um, they literally pretend to be somebody else on the internet, right? Like, like, for instance, somebody will pretend to make an account and pretend to be Damian Lillard. Okay. Um, that's one type of troll, uh, and that, that's cool, like, to each their own, but the type of troll that I subscribe to, the, the trollness that I subscribe to, is, um, <laughs> is, I just, I saw what, um, Amina Durek, uh, Yusuf Nurkic's actual girlfriend, did. She made, she made, it was like a wag power move. She made a shirt with her own face on it, and words that were really difficult to read if you were far away, but, but easier to read, obviously, if you were up close. Um, and it said, if you can read this, you're too close. He has a girlfriend. And Nurk wore this proudly into Arena on a home game one day. And I was just like, that's it. That's me. <laughs> I'm Amina Durek and 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 she is me. Like, I would do that. I am Yusuf Nurkic's girlfriend. Like, I feel like a lot of people might do that. You know, I'm sure it's hard to be in um, an NBA wag or a, or any league um, girlfriend or wife, you know? So, um, I think a lot of us like could relate to her, you know? And so I wanted to like be that proverbial internet Yusuf Nurkic's girlfriend. And that was the beginning of an era. So you're, you're that kind of trolliness was kind of like, uh, giving her props almost like I admire, I actually admire what you did. So I got to give you a shout out. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Kind of like, well, yeah, kind of. Um, it was like, I totally admire what you, what you did. Like I would totally do that. So I'm gonna, yeah, give you props because I want to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, definitely are, are well known around the blazer community under that name, but lo and behold, about a week ago, (laughs) there was a name change. Do you want to (laughs) talk about that? It's a new era, baby. Um, <laughs> since, well, yes, now um, I am, I think it's Trailblazers GM Neela Olshay. Um, and, <laughs> you know, since my contract started, Tara, as the proverbial Rip City Twitter GM Neela Olshay, we've been three and one. So close to four and zero. Ugh. Coincidence? I don't know. We'll let, we'll let Rip City decide. <laughs> so uh, what's what's your first move as GM? Oh my gosh. Um, I have to think about this and strategize uh, really well and, and, and go back to my people. You got to have your and, people work on that for you. 
<laughs> oh yeah, because whew, we've got a rough one on our hands from from last summer. But um, I definitely want to bring. I think the perfect person to bring to Rip City is Paul George. So I'm going to do everything in my internet power to to recruit Paul George to Portland. Well, that seems like that'll be a very entertaining thing to watch play out. <laughs> Good luck yes. to you. Uh, <laughs> we have time Thank for you. some rapid fire questions. Do you want to do some of those? Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. So um, let's just start right off the top and do a few and um, see see where it goes. All right. I'm going to start <laughs> off with the big question. What is your favorite team that is not called the Trailblazers? Oh, God. Cricket, cricket. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I think Brooklyn has been really fun to watch this season, especially with the addition of AC. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. If you were a basketball player, what position would you play? Oh, that's a good one. Um, with my lack of height aside, I would want to play center because I can't shoot the ball. Uh, my J is not wet, to say the least. <laughs> you can always but develop that fair. later. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that can come later, and then I'll surprise the fans um, you know, in season two. But then – I think I'm really scrappy and I, and I go hard in the paint. So, you know, how many fouls do you think you'd average a game? (laughs) Oh, I might tee out more often than, than foul out (laughs) on on, on technicals. (laughs) Okay. So keeping it, keeping it, if you were a basketball player, what would your signature move be? Uh, okay. I think about this question probably way too much. (laughs) Really? Awesome. (laughs) This is like the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, me too. <laughs> thank you. See, that's why we get along, Tara. Um, I would. My signature move would be to bounce the rock off the backboard. To then split a pair of defenders, right? But then I would get the ball back and then dunk it in poetic motion. So they're like coming at you from either side and you're just like going straight. You're cutting like right through them. Yeah, cut right through them like a dagger and boom, dunk it down. I think I I, isn't that one of Air Bud's moves. (laughs) I don't know where I've probably seen Kobe do it or something before, but it is so cool. And I think that would like really get the crowd going yeah, especially if we were down would, like, in the be fourth a momentum quarter changer <laughs> they're doing yeah. that that's awesome and i feel like i'm a i'm a momentum changer type player you know what i'm saying i think we could easily give you <laughs> that label so who's your favorite all-time basketball player oh my gosh rashid wallace is literally my idol Ooh, oh my gosh i love him so much um i think anybody who has watched the jail blazers would agree like come on he's feisty he talks back you know what i'm saying he like he plays with passion and heart and spirit. And that's what the Rip City community loves and feeds off of. And that's why, you know, Dame is like our our little spiritual child um, because he plays with heart and, and on the court and night in and night out. So I don't know. I just love every part about Rashid Wallace. You know, I identify with him because I too can get teed up without saying a single word. Just by looking? In life. Yeah, just by looking, just by being, 
So that's why. Well, one of your, um, the, uh, video series that you've been doing for the relish is, uh, you did a really fun one about fashion and about how your trailblazers fashion kind of identifies who you are and sort of represents you as a fan. So I have a few fashion questions to ask you. Ooh, okay. Which team has the best uniforms? And you can like of any era, you don't have to talk about this year's experiment or whatever those are called. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Um, from any era. Um, I think one of the most notable unis that I've ever seen. Um, and again, I'm, I'm only 25 and I've only, you know, gotten involved in basketball for so long. But in nine, I think it was like circa 95 or 96 or something. Somebody Google it for me. <laughs> um, the Bulls, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls had black alternates with red pinstripes, which I thought were so gorgeous that I would wear that to a fancy dinner at House <laughs> of Prime Rib or something. Like, oh my gosh, black with red pinstripes. It was so gorgeous. Um so those are my favorite. Yeah, you could totally pull those off. How about of <laughs> all the Blazers uniforms? What's your favorite one? All the Blazers ones. I really liked um, the ones that were, were they red that had Rip City on them? The white, there was the white Rip City ones right before the white sleeved Rip City ones. Okay. And, and the, so the ones- it was written in, I think the, I think the script was in red on white. Oh, Okay. Yeah, definitely the Rip City ones have always been my favorite. I don't know. The sleeves, I mean, I love them because of our amazing record when whenever we would wear them. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Sleeves don't belong in basketball, in my opinion. <laughs> but I just love that script. I love the throwback. I love the nostalgia. Maybe it's the 90s kid in me. But yes, <laughs> anyone with Rip City on them. If you, okay, would you rather, um, if you could only wear Trailblazers gear for the rest of your life or Haute Couture? Which would you choose? I feel like this is a question that you and I both know, Tara. But um, <laughs> I mean, because I've seen your pictures on Instagram. I mean, you get you like to get dressed up and you have like really amazing taste. But there's also a lot of trailblazer uh, gear in those pictures as well. Ah, <laughs> you're so sweet. Um, yes, I do have to wear non-blazer gear every once in a while. But seriously, you know, I live in tech country. I live in San Francisco. It's a tiny closet. I can only fit so much. Literally 90% or something of my daily wardrobe, okay? Because <laughs> I don't own trailblazer leggings, whatever. Um, you don't? Is- we got to get you some for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should design my own like blazer inspired legging line or something so that I have 100% blazer's wardrobe. But yeah, that, that won't um, be too hard. We can take care of that. No, I literally wear blazer gears in the off season, you know, to the gym, everywhere, to, to class, when I'm teaching, like what I, I literally wear blazer gear all the time. So this question, obviously, I would wear blazer gear for the rest of my life if I had to. Awesome. <laughs> so the for one of our last questions, something that we ask all our guests is who is a woman that you admire in basketball? Tell us about some other cool women that you think we should check out and learn about. Oh my God. Um, that's a hard one. I feel like I personally have not had the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of women in basketball. 
they're kind of hard to find. You got to, I mean, there, there's a, a lot of really amazing women out there, but you have to work really hard. Like I just, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on for a second about this because the other day, like every once in a while, like every time, like some woman suffers some indignity at the, you know, as a reporter or whatever, yeah. there'll be a bunch of retweets about, okay, tweet all of your favorite women who cover sports or whatever. And then um, I always like totally obsessively go over those lists and like follow all of those uh, women and authors and reporters and everything. So they are out there. But if you were to just like fire up Twitter and try to find uh, a lot of women, I mean, you could like go to ESPN and Sports Illustrated and find the big names like Ramona Shelbourne and, um, you know, Doris Burke and, you know, people who have really big names. But it's is but then it's really hard. Like you have to you have to look really hard. So I always love to hear if anybody finds anybody, please. Who are they? Let's amplify them. (laughs) Well, Tara, you're the late, you're like the original Portland hipster. You're the one who finds all the people the you need to know <laughs> half a year in advance. So you have to tell me what your, who your favorite women in basketball are and the listeners. Yeah. Well, Can you do that? Uh, let's see. Who do I like these days? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, I uh, mentioned the, you know, the big names, Ramona Shelburne, Re- Rachel Nichols is like my hero. She hosts the jump on NBA TV and she like runs that show and she's just magical at it. And I love that she has like big name players, like, um, uh, you know, legends. And she just organizes that show and runs the show and they fall in place and do exactly what uh, <laughs> she wants them to do. I just totally admire her. And then of course people <laughs> like Doris Burke. Um, yeah. and then, you know, local, we local we have um, uh, Jamie and uh, Brooke who covered the Trailblazers, but we also have, you know, other uh, females who are on the air, like Amanda Maynard, um, a woman named Ashley Williams, who we're going to be talking to soon, covers high school. And she's, uh, it's really fun to listen to her talk about the high school players that she covers. You know, there's, there, there's women out there and I will just continue to try to elevate their voices when they, when they come up. All right, cool. I need to go follow all of these women. That's awesome. <laughs> I have a list so, actually on Twitter of um, women in sports. There's it's mostly oh, okay. basketball, but there's some other um, there's some other women. There's this really awesome podcast called Burn It All Down, um, and Julie DeCaro, who is a radio personality, hosts it, and she has like a rotating cast of amazing like it's kind of a mixture of women who like really know sports law and sports business as well as the game, and who are covering them as um, you know, as reporters, it's, it's really great. So that's my, that would be my podcast recommendation. If you want to listen to women talking about sports, it's called burn it all down. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation. Um, you want to tell people where they can find you once more? Yeah, definitely. Um, if any listener out there would like to follow along and see what I get up to, I'm, my handle is at Neela Madison that's N-I-L-A, Madison, everywhere. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about Blazer Mania. Awesome. And watch for I mean, you on The Relish too, right? How do people yes. fall and find The Relish? The Relish is at The Relish Sports on all social platforms as well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today, Nila. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope that, uh, you know, now you've woken up from your big night and you're ready to go on and take on the day. I'm so excited too, Tara. Thank you so much for having me and for being such a supportive, great friend to me. Oh, thank you. All 
right, everyone, that is going to do it for this edition of Women's Hoops and Talks. A very special thank you to Neela Madison for joining us. You can find Women's Hoops and Talks podcast. We have a brand new Twitter feed. So if you subscribe at Hoops and Talks, you will find out as soon as we drop our episodes. You can also find Women's Hoops and Talks on BlazersEdge.com, which is where we post the show notes for every episode. You can find me on Twitter at TCBBigs. Kendall is Kendall Bennett 16. That's K E N D Y L B E N N E T T 1 6. Thanks again for joining us. Kendall and I will be back in two weeks. <laughs>